Listeners, before diving into this episode, I just want to put out a huge trigger warning. In this episode, I will be discussing eating disorders, calories, and other mental health issues. If you are easily triggered by this, I highly suggest that you listen with caution or do not listen to this episode. I will preface every episode with this trigger warning because I will be discussing very touchy and sensitive topics that some may not be able to handle. I want everyone to feel safe in this environment and to just keep in mind that this podcast is an educational podcast meant to spread awareness on eating disorders and my journey through them. Everything mentioned in these episodes will be real, genuine content. To reasons for recovery. I just want to go ahead and get started and say thank you guys so much for over 500 listeners. That is like a huge milestone for me and I am so thankful that this podcast is actually going well and you guys are enjoying it and you're also learning from it and even reaching out to me personally. So just thank you so much. That really, really makes me happy. I do apologize in advance if I sound a little different. Uh, I woke up this morning with my throat like really scratchy and I just didn't feel the greatest. Hopefully it's just sinus problems and not COVID related stuff. Um, I did just get vaccinated for the very first time so it probably relates to that but I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I do apologize if I sound a little weird this episode. Anyways, To keep you updated from my last episode, you guys remember I did like this little rant basically where I tried to just get all my feelings out in order to have a better semester this year. And so far, things have been amazing. I haven't had any bad panic attacks. I haven't felt extreme guilt. And I haven't been focusing so much on calories like I used to, which is really what this episode's going to be targeting, but we'll get in more on that later. But I just want to say that, you know, based off of that rant from last week or a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, my semester's been going pretty good. And I want to just say I hope that all of you guys are also having a good semester so far. Um, I actually just finished of getting out of a hurricane, or at least the after effects of a hurricane. Um, It was storming pretty bad over here for a while and I'm just glad nothing extremely terrible happened but I do know that the coast got torn up pretty badly like severely and as a meteorology student I definitely do find these storms quite fascinating but it still hurts my heart that there can be such devastation behind the storm so I do ask that you guys pray for those that are affected by the hurricane Uh, It was called Hurricane Ida, if you're not familiar with anything going on in, like, the southeastern area or, like, actually northeastern area right now because that's where it is. Um, But it really, really took a toll on the Mississippi-Louisiana coast. And I just want to let you guys know that this is, like, a really serious deal. And I will actually be leaving a donation link in the description as well. 
if you feel led to donate to those who have suffered from the hurricane. Um, But again, I'll touch more on that later. But anyways, back to the main point of this episode. Sorry, I just wanted to get that out of the way really quick because I feel very strongly about this situation, like I said, as a meteorology student. So I just had to mention it. But um, today's episode is actually going to revolve around food, like I just mentioned a while ago. Uh, The thing that basically, you know, revolves around an eating disorder anyways. I wanted to talk about some ways that you can practice in your recovery that helps food go from scary to just being exactly what it is, and that's food. Um, And I want to talk about some major things that are very crucial to remember when you are recovering. And then I'm going to give you guys a certain list of foods that I found were actually very helpful uh, for me, for my recovery. And these foods went from absolute terrifying fears of mine all the way to my favorite things to eat. So uh, I'm just going to give you guys some tips and tricks like I usually do, and we'll move on to that list towards the end of the episode. Now, I always say that reaching out is like the number one most important thing to do, like the very first step that you have to take for recovery. But I would also say the thing that's very close to important is your food intake. Of course, like that's the whole reason for your recovery. It all revolves around what you are putting into your body. And I know it sounds super scary to think about, especially when you've been abusing food for such a long time, but it is imperative for your recovery. When you first seek recovery, whether it's from anorexia or bulimia, binging, whatever it may be, a meal plan is the number one thing that you need. I know that this kind of contradicts what I said in a couple of episodes back. Um, I know I talked about how being so structured in your day is not a good idea for when you're recovering, but this is completely different. This is in order to gain proper nutrition. It's not to be so structured and militant, you know, in your day-to-day life. So just completely ignore the fact that it's structured. Just focus on the fact that this is about nutrition and about balancing your health and your meals to benefit you in your recovery. Now, I'm definitely no nutritionist at all, but when I had a nutritionist myself, she helped me go through certain meal plans uh, that helped me jumpstart my recovery and get me back on the right track. Now, depending on if you've suffered from anorexia or binging or anything else, your food plans are obviously going to vary. And again, food plans are not really as structured as you might think they are. They actually, you know, like I said, they vary. They change day to day and they help you incorporate every food group that you need to be successful in recovery. But having a food plan is extremely necessary to get yourself in the right direction of what a healthy day of eating should look like. For me personally, my food plan consisted of three meals a day with two to three snacks, one of those snacks being a dessert. And for the first few months of recovery, I had to follow that pretty strictly if I wanted to succeed. It was extremely hard at first. I will admit there were many times where I didn't want to follow that plan to a T. But when you've been battling food for such a long time, it's of course going to be very tough 
to shift your way of thinking. But over time, you're going to realize that it's necessary. Something that helped me get through my meal plan is that I had this book, like a little journal. Um, And in this book, I documented everything that I ate throughout the day. I documented my breakfast, my lunch, and my dinner, and my two to three snacks that I would have. Then at the end of the day, I would have this little category that was called uh, wins. And in this part of my book, I would list all of the wins, like the food wins that I had for that day. So for example, if I had like a sandwich or something that day, my win would be that I ate bread because bread was a huge fear food of mine. And for me to eat bread was like a successful thing to me. It It was a win. It was something that I was extremely proud of. So it would go in the win category. Also in this book, I documented my weight progression because it was necessary to me. Um, Because as you guys know, I suffered from anorexia, so it was imperative that I tracked, you know, my weight to make sure I was getting to the appropriate weight goal. I tracked my weight as I went through recovery, and by the time I hit my weight goal, I stopped weighing myself and caring about how much I weighed because it's not necessary, of course. And it's not really beneficial to my mental health to know what number I weigh on a scale. So I told you guys this in the first episode. I haven't weighed myself since August of 2020. That's when I became weight restored. So I haven't even thought about weighing myself or anything relating to my weight. I just don't think about it and don't even bother getting on the scale because it's not necessary. It doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm healthy and I'm happy. So why do I need to know how much I weigh? But when I was in recovery, it was crucial for me to keep track of my weight. That way I knew how well I was progressing throughout the months. But for the most part, it was a good idea to just have a food log in general. It kept myself accountable and helped me feel so worthy that I was having all these different wins and that I was eating. And it just made me feel happy that I was doing well in recovery and it kept my attitude very positive. That book really did help me feel like I was doing something right, like I said. Um, So if you're really struggling with food, that is one thing that I highly suggest that you try out because it really helps you change your perspective of food and how you look at things in recovery. Now another big thing that I did in my recovery that helped me out a lot with food freedom is that I made a huge list. Like right when I got out of the hospital, I composed a huge list of my fear foods, my top fear foods. And my goal over the course of my recovery was to check every single food off that list. I didn't want them to be fears anymore. I just wanted them to be food. So I was not going to stop until every single one of those food items were off of my list. Not only did I check things off when I attempted to eat them, but I also tracked how I felt afterwards and how I enjoyed the food. I wrote down whether I felt good about eating it or not, and if it was delicious or if I wanted to eat it again. You know, I kind of just tracked how I felt about each fear food going into it and coming out of it. Doing this will also help hold yourself accountable. You know, if you don't target specific fear foods that you've been cowering over for so long, you're not going to get far in recovery at all. 
you're just going to keep living in that constant fear over food, which the more you think about it, the more it's like, what are you doing? Wake up. What, like, why are you cowering over food? It's food. It's not, it's not meant to be something that is harmful to you or hurt you. It's something that you're supposed to love and enjoy and survive off of. And it's so crucial to have this get through your head because this is like the main thing for recovery. You have to realize that food is not a fear. It's, it's something that you should be able to enjoy whether you want to or not. So being able to write down those foods that I was terrified of and making a goal that I was going to eat them, it slowly made me realize that, like I just said, it's just food and something that's meant to be enjoyed and not to harm me. When I finished that list, I saw how terribly long it was and that just made me realize how bad my eating disorder was and how I really needed to get that fixed once and for all. And let me just tell you guys, being able to conquer a fear food, it feels so amazing. It's like the best feeling. You feel so weak to a food at first, and you feel like it has this huge grip on you. But once you turn things around and realize that you should be enjoying the food rather than fearing it, it makes conquering those fears so much more exciting and so much more enjoyable. So writing down those fears and targeting each one specifically, it really helps a lot and really puts your mind into a new perspective of how you need to look at food. So documenting how you feel is key. I know like documenting is all I've been talking about so far, you know, keeping journals, keeping records and logs and stuff. It is key to recovery. It does help you get through the process very well. You know, writing how you feel about fear foods or writing how you feel about your day regarding food, it will help further improve your way to a healthier body and a healthier mindset. So I hope you can see the pattern here with the journaling and stuff, but it can also help you restore your feelings for food as well to the point where you're not going to need to journal about it anymore. You're not going to need to document it anymore. And before you know it, eventually your day is just going to turn into like, oh, instead of here, let me document this food. It's going to turn into, oh, I'm just eating food. Like I, I feel fine eating food. It's normal. It's what I do every day. You know, I have no need to document it. So you can document it as much as you want throughout recovery, but eventually, once you have been doing it for so long, it's going to become just a natural habit of yours, just eating food and not feeling the need to document it. I remember I documented my food the second I got out of the hospital, which was like in the very beginning of March, like very first week of March. And I documented my food progress until I want to say... June. Um, so just a few months. And then by that point, it had been maybe, let's see, March, April, May, June. Yeah, it's, it was probably like three to four months worth of like journaling and writing down how I felt. Eventually, it just felt completely normal to eat. And I felt completely fine not having to document how I felt, you know, because I was just, I, everything was natural. Everything came to me naturally and I felt good about how I ate. So I had no needs of documenting it. So it only took me a few months. Now, of course, for you, it might take longer than that or it might take less time than that. Everybody's different. But documentation is key, in my opinion, to help you return back to normal 
to how you should be feeling about food. So one last thing that I want to talk about that helps out a lot with food recovery is lots of positive thinking and meditation. Now, I've talked about this a lot in other episodes, of course, and I know that this is a very, very hard thing to come around because a lot of people don't like to take time out of their day to really set time aside and just, you know, have a quiet time or just, you know, sit down and really think about what's going on. You know, nobody wants to have time for that sometimes. Nobody wants to set time aside in their day to do that. So I can, I can understand it's very hard at first. But like everything else in recovery, you have to keep pushing and you have to keep practicing it. With meditation and positive thinking, this can really clear your mind of any negative thoughts that you may have towards food. If you take a few moments out of your day to pray, relax, just think, whatever it may be, a lot of your issues with your food can diminish. I learned really quickly that it was better to take a second to think about my emotions rather than to let them just go all over the place and damage my mental health even more. Because when I would feel guilty about food, I wouldn't take a second to think about my emotions and how I was feeling. I would instantly like go into panic mode and start having a panic attack and start crying and feeling terrible about myself for eating something that I shouldn't feel bad about in the first place. But, you know, I didn't take time to really set my mind to, you know, how are you feeling? Why are you feeling this way? I didn't make myself, you know, think about I didn't make myself process how I was feeling, but when you take a moment to really dive into how you feel, you know, just stop yourself before you even get off track. Just tell yourself, how do you feel? Why do you feel this way? It can give you a better perspective on why worrying about food really isn't necessary at all. If you keep telling yourself positive thoughts daily, it fights off all of those negative thoughts. Trust me on this one. I, I mean, I have so much experience with this. If you give your body a chance to just breathe and process what's going on, that can save you so much time from panic attacks, feeling guilt, doing something you're definitely going to regret later. Just keep these practices in mind and the next time like you feel ashamed of the food you're eating or afraid to try something new it really gives your mind a better look into how things really should be so like i said this will take loads of time and practice like so much time and practice um of course it will come easier to others or it might be really really hard for others but it'll take practice regardless of how long it'll take you You just need to remember to be patient through the whole thing and use these tips wisely that I just gave you and it'll really help speed up the process and you will feel so much better about yourself before you even know it. You can't just sit around all day waiting for recovery to come to you. You have to chase after it and want it. It's not going to come find you on its own. You're going to have to seek it yourself. So that's why it's so important to put these tips to good use because healing your relationship with food is the number one thing you really need to work on in recovery. Yes, of course, there are so many other reasons for your recovery, but your underlying factor that ties into everything is food recovery. Having a happier, healthier relationship with food will help you 
so much to become a better person mentally. So when I stopped worrying about food every second of the day and about what I was eating, my mental health was so much better. It, it changed dramatically, uh, especially over this last year. Once I finally put my mind to a healthier perspective, it healed my relationship with food. Now, of course, I'm still a work in progress. I'm not going to lie, but I am definitely so much better mentally when it comes to food. Now, like I said at the beginning, I'm going to end this episode with going over a few foods that really helped me out a lot in recovery. Now, as you guys already know, like I said, I suffered from anorexia, so my meal plan was really just all about calories on calories on calories, just a lot of calories. (laughs) I had to eat basically like double what somebody usually eats in a day to successfully gain my weight back. So if you are having trouble with gaining the weight you need to be healthy, if you're suffering from anorexia, these are some foods that I ate myself that helped me out tremendously in recovery. So number one is peanut butter or any kind of nut butter at all. This also involves cookie butter as well. Um, I would eat this usually by the spoonfuls just straight out of the jar or I would actually mix in like honey or chocolate chips and that just gives it more sweetness and flavor. You know, I kind of got creative with this. I would usually eat this a lot for like a dessert. Uh, So that's number one. Uh, Next is granola. Any kind of granola you can think of doesn't matter. Um, I personally liked adding granola to my yogurt or to my milk and eat it like a cereal. Uh, Next is cake of any sorts, uh, but more specifically carrot cake. Now, I know you guys are probably going to bash me about this, but carrot cake is my absolute favorite cake ever. Like, it's been my birthday cake every year since I was like 17, so I am like a huge fan of it, and every chance that I'm able to make it, I make it, because I, like, I go ham on carrot cake, but anyway, um, Even if you aren't a fan of carrots, you'll still love this cake because it's really sweet, really moist, like a cinnamony uh, spice taste, and it has this delicious cream cheese frosting, and it's also got like walnuts and pecans all throughout it. It's really, really good, and I highly suggest that you go out and get some carrot cake if you've never had it before. Next is flavored coffee, um, or specifically coffee with like foamed milk or cream. You can get really, really creative on this one. You know, a lot of people, uh, especially people who suffer from anorexia, they tend to just stick to black coffee because there's zero calories in it. But trust me, once you start like adding stuff to your coffee, I know it's going to defeat the purpose of it being coffee, but (laughs) it tastes so much better and you will enjoy it so much more than just plain black coffee. I remember I forced myself to enjoy plain black coffee. I still do like plain black coffee, but I definitely enjoy like specialty coffee so much more because it has more flavor and it has a better texture than just black coffee. Next is protein bars or granola bars. These don't only taste good, but they also give you a pretty decent source of protein as well. So if you're lacking on protein, this is something good to have a snack on. Or, you know, there are some wild and crazy flavors out there for protein bars or granola bars that taste like literal dessert, like cake. 
Um, so you could even have this as a dessert while it also being a healthy benefit to you. And lastly, but most certainly not least, Pop-Tarts. Any and all flavors count on this one. My personal favorites are the confetti cake Pop-Tarts and the Fruit Loop Pop-Tarts. If I didn't have Pop-Tarts in my recovery, I probably wouldn't have recovered as fast as I did. <laughs> because I really, really love Pop-Tarts and they helped me out tremendously in recovery. So, you might be wondering, how do all these foods tie together that helped me successfully gain the weight that I needed to in recovery? Well, they are all extremely delicious foods, first of all, so I had no problem with eating them, you know, multiple times, but I was able to enjoy these foods because there were some of my favorite foods as well, and also there's a pattern here that each of these foods have in common. If you don't know what it is already, if you can't figure it out, I'll tell you, but a lot of nutritionists or other people that might study nutrition or just know basic general knowledge of nutrition, they'll probably already go ahead and like know what all these foods have in common. And that is that all of these foods are very calorie dense for what little amount they give. And by that, I mean... You don't have to eat much of this food in order to get a substantial amount of calories. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about like the numbers and specific calorie count on each food, but like, you don't have to eat much granola in order to get a, a significant amount of calorie intake. You don't have to eat a lot of Pop-Tarts in order to get a significant calorie intake. Like They all benefit you calorie-wise, and you don't even have to eat that much of it. So incorporating these foods into my daily caloric intake, they really helped boost my calories that I needed in order to gain the weight that I had to. So if I was slacking one day on calories, I would just pick one of these foods and incorporate that into my day to get my calories back up to what I needed. It helped me out so much with my weight gain. Now, if you have any other type of eating disorder outside of anorexia, my advice would be uh, to focus on each food group as best as you can. Pinpoint out each group, which one you struggle with the most and which one is the easiest for you and everything in between. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, set yourself a meal plan and try to incorporate each food group or most food groups into your meal. It's very similar like what I had to do when I suffered from anorexia, but now as far as certain foods would go to specifically target other eating disorders, I would personally say focus on more fresh foods, like foods that make you feel really good after you eat them. Because typically with like binge eating or, you know, any other like overeating disorder that you might have, uh, something along those lines, people tend to binge on very greasy, heavy, more dense foods that make them feel really, really bad afterwards, and not just mentally, but physically. So if you're trying to recover from anything along that line, I would say just stick to foods that make you feel really good after you eat them. This would be things like, you know, yogurt and berries, hot tea, salad with any proteins, fruit-based smoothies, Something along that line. Something that just makes you feel like, you know, you feel cleaner after you eat it, you know? <laughs> food can really be a struggle for those that suffer from an eating disorder. I mean, <laughs> come on, it's literally where the name eating disorder comes from. But 
it is imperative that we learn how to eat better in order to recover successfully. It was very hard for me at first, of course. There were some times when I literally broke down over food that I had to eat or that I already had ate and felt guilty about. But I promise you, the more that you keep progressing and practicing these eating tips and habits, the more natural it's going to come and the easier it will be to have a better relationship with food. Before you know it, you'll be happy and healthy again and foods won't be an enemy anymore. It'll be something that just becomes part of your normal day that you just need in order to survive. And if any of you guys are listening right now that need more help on this or just need someone to talk to about all this, I am always here. I am always open to conversation. I've already had so many people reach out to me um, in the past that have listened, and it truly warms my heart to hear from listeners and to be able to help you guys. So I thank you so much for that. But if you have not already contacted me and just need a supporter, you know, for like moral support, emotional support, or you need more advice on eating disorders, my Instagram will be in the description of this episode for you to DM me whenever you want to. And if you don't have Instagram, my email is also listed as well for you to use. Now, please keep in mind, I am not a professional. I am not a healthcare professional. I'm just someone who is willing to help out because I've suffered from it in the past. But if you feel like you or someone else that you might know of is in need of professional help from real trained doctors and counselors, hotlines and other websites with additional information are listed in the description as well. And also, again, if you can, please consider uh, donating to the relief fund to help out those who were injured or lost their homes on the Mississippi-Louisiana coast this past week. The websites to donate for that will be in the description as well. And also, please keep those affected in your thoughts and prayers. Like I said, this really hits close to home for me uh, as a meteorology student, but also because I live in Mississippi, but just further up the coast. So I got the after effects of the hurricane like I talked about at the beginning, but still knowing that there was like an absolute tragedy just right below where I live, that really upsets me. That really hurts me. So if you can, please donate. It doesn't matter how much, just anything will help. But that is all I have for you guys for this episode. Again, I apologize if (laughs) my voice sounds a little different this episode. Hopefully the next time I record a podcast, I won't sound so bad. Um, it might not sound super bad to you, but to me, I, I feel like I sound bad. And also, I edit this podcast very heavily, um, and what you don't hear is the five-minute pauses where I'm literally just drinking water and coughing. So, um, yeah, that's why these episodes can be some uh, condensed sometimes, because lots of pauses are edited out. (laughs) But anyway, that's all I have for you guys. Uh, I will see you in the next one, and please remember to stay safe and healthy.